In this episode of Monday Moments, we're talking about Joseph, so sit back and stay tuned for more. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Monday Moments, the show in which we take a deeper dive into Sunday's sermon. Uh, my name is Travis, your host. With me today is Pastor Dennis. We are continuing uh, an unofficial sermon series, I would say. Uh, it's a little bit of one-offs, but there's a thread, I would say. Would, would you agree that there's a thread there? I, yes, I think I'm supposed to agree. So. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking about about trouble. Uh, if you joined us last week, uh, we talked about uh, the trouble with trouble, and we, we looked at the life of Job and a number of others. And this week, this past Sunday, we talked about Joseph, um, continuing this, this discussion on what does it mean to have trouble and what does God do with our trouble, and particularly looking at that life. So if you haven't had a chance to uh, watch or listen to Sunday Sermon, you could do so right here on our YouTube channel or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Um, I wonder if for anybody who may have missed Sunday Sermon, if you might give a quick recap and kind of the big idea from this past Sunday's message. Yeah, if I could back up a number of weeks ago, we began talking six or eight weeks ago mm -hmm. uh, about, first of all, the gifts of the Spirit. Right. And the gifts of the Spirit uh, have to have the fruit of the Spirit mm -hmm. to draw people to them. If Jesus, in fact, said at one point, uh, he looked at a fig tree that wasn't producing fruit, and what did he say? He said, I curse you. Yeah. So the producing fruit is really important, and that's what trees do naturally. So mm -hmm. we should, as Christians, be producing fruit. Fruit uh, that is produced draws people to Jesus. But the next part of it is, is it what keeps fruit from producing? We talked about anxiety and fears. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we talked about... Um, uh, and and then we we talked about trouble. Yeah. That trouble is what produces faith. Without yeah. trouble, mm -hmm. then there's no faith that can be really produced. Yeah. When we trouble a seed, we 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 break it apart. We mm. break it down, and that's what causes a seed to grow. Yeah. Uh, and so last week uh, we looked at uh, Job. And uh, the greatest story in the Bible about trouble is Job. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can go back and listen to that message. We won't try to recap it here. Uh, but this week we talked about Joseph. Why? Because th these two stories, both Job and Joseph, are two of the greatest stories of trouble that yeah. you'll find. Yeah. Uh, it is the longest narrative that we have on somebody's life hmm. in the Old Testament. Wow. Uh, and the interesting thing about, about it, or the thing that really sets it apart for me, is that in all of the other stories, no matter who it is, in every story of a Bible hero, there's trouble. Every story. And we talked about uh, how you wouldn't have known, uh, for example, about Jonah without a whale. You yeah. wouldn't have known about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego without a fiery furnace. You wouldn't have known about Daniel without a lion's den. All of the stories, all the way to the New Testament, there's always trouble. And trouble is what God uses mm. not only to produce faith in our life, yeah. but he uses it in so many different ways to purify our lives. So but the interesting thing about, about, uh, uh, about Joseph is that we never see Joseph complain. Mm. We never mm. see Joseph sin before the Lord. Wow. Even Job uh, at the end, said, I repent. Why? Mm. Because he realized that he was misrepresenting God. Now, because of his honesty before God, God didn't condemn him. In fact, God praised him. Yeah. But at the same time, every story, 
that we see of Bible heroes, we see failure, mm-hmm. not in the life of Joseph. That's what makes it so unique. Yeah, yeah. How does that, as I, as I think about this idea of without these trials as trouble, we wouldn't have all of these stories. I think about it in, in kind of my experience and my perspective and in our culture, we kind of have this... Um, this sort of maybe I should say love hate relationship with this idea of trouble. Oh, sure we do. Yeah. And so, you know, we love to hear stories of people sure. overcoming things, yeah. incredible yeah. odds. And we even love, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in, in all of our sporting events, I would say yeah. most of our sporting events, there's some kind of struggle and some kind of trial that has to be overcome to reach the goal. And we love to see the underdog. Exactly. We don't Bingo. want to be the underdog. <laughs> and that's, and yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what I'm, what I'm kind of, starting to put together as, as just as we're talking and, and kind of putting this together. And why do you think that is? It's because we haven't, uh, we haven't been taught mm. that uh, of the importance of trouble in our lives. Yeah. We haven't been shown. We see the stories, we read them, but then what we really want to, what we really want is we want a life of ease. Sure. That's what we want. That's what my flesh wants. Mm-hmm. That's what everybody wants. Right. See, that's the amazing thing about Romans 8, 28. It says that God causes all things to work for good. Mm. He doesn't give us all things that are good. Mm. He doesn't say, now that you're my child, you're never going to struggle. We know that. And instead he says, I am going to cause all things to work for good. So if you turn that around, what do we think is not going to work for good? What we think is not going to work for good is when trouble comes into our life. And trouble can be, trouble can be defined in all different kinds of ways. Mm-hmm. It can be uh, trouble th- that is brought our way from other people. It can be trouble that is brought our way, our way by the world. It can be trouble that comes as a result of me uh, just, uh, just trying to get through life with my own struggle. Yeah. It can be trouble that is according to sin in my life. Mm-hmm. But the promise is, is that God causes See, that's the miracle. Yeah. That's the miracle. He causes all things to work for our good. And if you live long enough, you will find that so true in your life. That's all there is to it. Yeah, and I think that's the beautiful part of, uh, in so many layers and so many facets, God's sovereignty. Yes. That when we submit to Jesus as Lord, then we have that promise that no matter what comes to us, whether it's a result of just living in a broken and fallen world, whether it's a result of living in sin, or not living in sin, but living in a world where there is sin, yeah. um, God can cause all those things yes. to work for good. Yes, And that's yes. just such an amazing, amazing promise. It is. It's an amazing promise because it's not a promise that I would make or that you would make to anyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and I think back to what you shared with us uh, last week. You were talking about, um, you know, you and Jan and look, reflecting on your life and saying, Boy, we wouldn't wish our life on anybody. That's right. But we also wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. Anything. I, I wouldn't want to go back and relive it. Sure. You know, some every now and again somebody will say, Well, oh, I wish I was thirty again or I wish mm. I could spend No, I don't no. I don't care to go back there. I don't care. Yeah. I, I, I want to look forward, but it's because of of uh, you know, the things that I faced. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I wouldn't trade them. Right. But I wouldn't want them. Right. Right. And I think that's what, you know, we just have to come to that place where we, we understand that if we want to be used by the Lord, if we want to be fruitful, right, going mm. back to kind of where you started, yes. if we want to be fruitful, then 
we are going to experience trouble. We're going to experience suffering of some kind. At the greatest point in Jesus's ministry, the greatest point in Jesus's ministry was just before he went to the cross, because mm-hmm. all of a sudden it wasn't just the Jews that were coming to him. Yeah. In fact, it already said that many of the leaders mm-hmm. were coming to him. Wow. So here he had he had won over the, m- much of the leadership of the Jewish he had won over the Jewish people yeah. they were flocking to him but then all of a sudden Greeks are coming to him mm. wow. and he was at he was at the you know it was during just before the passion week and it, and a couple of the disciples come to him and said Jesus Jesus there's a bunch of Greeks mm. they want to talk with you well what were they wanting to talk about they were beginning to see that this was the promised one mm. and what did Jesus say he said now's the time what wow. was the time now's the time for the seed to fall mm. into the ground and die. Mm. Now, there is some trouble for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was from that trouble that everything else came about. Right. And so once again, Jesus understood that, and he understood trouble in a way that no none of us will ever understand, to the point where the Son of God was ba- begging his Father to please let this pass. I don't want to go through this. Right. But not my will, but yours be done. Right. Boy, that is sanctifying your troubles sure. right there. That's sure. setting them apart and saying, whatever it is, I want to make it holy. I want you to use it. I want you to sanctify it yeah. and make it of your use. Yeah, yeah. I want to shift gears just a little bit. Something that you said in your sermon stood out to me, and I wondered if you might talk a little bit more about that. You, you talked about the bitterness and jealousy, mm. bitterness and jealousy yeah. being yeah. a killer. Yeah. Why? Why is that? Um, what does it kill, and why is it especially pervasive when we talk about you know trouble and, and God's dreams and everything? It comes out of the story of Joseph. Uh, Joseph uh, was the youngest at that point of 11 brothers. His brother Benjamin was not yet born. Uh, and, um, and what happens is, of course, uh, Joseph is set up for failure mm-hmm. by a, a doting father. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was just incredible. Uh, the dysfunction that was in that family. He goes to look for his brothers. You know the story. His brothers uh, catch him and throw him in a pit. Uh, They're not going to murder him, uh, but they're going to finally sell him off. And he's in that pit. And the Bible says that they sat down and ate a meal. Mm. And as I looked at that, I thought, well, that's showing some real indifference. But I can imagine them sitting around the 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 hole in the ground that was that well that cistern that had been dug out i can imagine them sitting around and taunting him eating mm. throwing chicken bones down there sure. for him you know i mean just just the arrogance yeah. of that that <clears throat> was formed from bitterness and jealousy see yeah. bitterness and jealousy make us a victim wow I, and when i am bitter what I'm saying is I don't deserve this. Yeah. I'm a victim of whatever circumstances are. And there are true victims. Sure. There are people who are true victims. But most of the victimization in this world today is a victimization that's caused because we do not see God's hand in all of the things that are going on in our life. And, it, and, and that's, just, that's just the story of Job. Yeah. You know, that's just the story of Job. When we are victimized, we become bitter and then what happens next? I become jealous of everyone else around me. Sure, They don't have what I have, and I have what they don't have, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. called suffering. Mm-hmm. That's, and I don't want to do that. It's not fair. I don't know mm-hmm. of, uh, of anybody else who's suffering the way I am, whatever it is. And that bitterness and that jealousy 
kills mm-hmm. the seed that God planted yeah. that he wants to produce fruit from in my life. Yeah. I will never, ta- if you take a seed and you put it in good dirt, good soil, mm-hmm. you score that seed, you scratch it, you cause mm. some trouble to happen, and you put it in the ground, and then you water it with salt water, Wow, it's going to die. Yeah, And that's what so often happens. That's bitterness and jealousy. And certainly, uh, every one of us has experienced those days when we look around and we say, I wish I had that guy's life. I wish that I didn't have what I have. Why, God, are you doing this to me? Everyone faces mm. that. That's not the point. Sure. The point is, is am I going to dwell there? There's a wonderful point. I mean, and the trouble is all throughout the Bible. There's this point where David, at the very end of his struggle, he had already been named king years before. Saul is continuing to harass him, chase him. He finally goes over to the enemy's camp to, to say, I'm done. I'll just go join the enemy's camp. The enemy's camp rejects him. He goes back, and lo and behold, the enemy, the Amalekites, have attacked mm. his city. They've taken his wives. They've taken yeah. all of the wives of his men, his children, everything, and they've run away. And the Bible says it at that point that his men spoke of stoning him. Mm. And there's this incredible little passage there at the end of 1 Samuel. It says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. Mm. Now, it does not tell us what he did. Sure. It doesn't tell us how he did it. There's no one, two, three, here's how to do it. But what we know is that he separated himself, and he began to think of all of the things Mm. that God said that God was going to do in his word. Yeah. And he said, I'm going to strengthen myself. What did he do next? He got up. He inspired his men to chase after the Amalekites. He ran them down, took back what was his, killed the enemy, and came back. And it was just days later Mm. that he was recognized as the king of Israel. Wow. Just at the end of the trial. Yeah. How often we get to the end of a trial Mm. and we say, I'm done. Bitterness and jealousy. Yeah. David strengthened himself in the Lord. Mm. That's another sermon I love to preach. Yeah, that's a great one. You know, it really is. Yeah. It really is. Well, you talk about just having to die to your flesh. And we we kind of say that a lot, you know, yeah. crucify you know, yeah. myself with yeah. Christ, and we sing yeah. of it in hymns and yes. all kinds of things. Um, and, you know, I, I think in my own life, my own experience, I grew up in a Christian home. I went to a Christian school all my life, and you know, I'm familiar with with that that truth and that reality. But it wasn't until, you know, we experience trouble of our own that you realize dying to yourself is hard. Like it's not a fun process. And I can remember when you know my wife and I were having trouble uh, with you know pregnancy. I was just thinking about that, and and it was you know we had a couple of miscarriages mm-hmm. and we just had trouble in general, and that was yeah. a very painful part. Oh, and we gosh. looked around and. Not to say that we were the only ones, um, but there were also friends of ours who were having kids. Yeah. Or, you know, we yeah. look at, it, it's hard to not look around and say like, well, there are people who aren't following God who are having kids. Yes. Like, I don't understand. Why do the heathen prosper? Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so, and that was an incredibly painful uh, time in our life. Um, and I'm thankful to say that we we have two kids now. Yeah. Uh, one through adoption and one biological. And it's and it's amazing. Um but yeah, when you, when you, when the rubber meets the road and you have to really ask that question, am I going to go 
you know, borrowing from that story of David, am I going to go try to join the Amalekites or am I going to strengthen myself in the Lord and really press into what God is wanting to do in this? That's very, very challenging. Like, I don't, again, I don't think we can, um, minimize this, uh, to say like, oh, this is easy, right? Like just, just humble yourself. Just, just die to yourself. Like this is no big deal. I mean, no, it's, you get, I mean, your story is very, very, very painful um, and very personal. And so, but the end result, I think, is if we want to be fruitful. I, I think the biggest mistake, Travis, is that people don't realize that this is a total work of the Holy Spirit. Yes. You see, we think that if the Holy Spirit's involved, then everything's going to push up roses. And mm-hmm. if it's not, we still fall back into that Old Testament mentality that says that God blesses the good people and the bad people have trouble. And yet it's not that way. You cannot look at the New Testament saints. You can't look at them and deny that not only did they have trouble, but they had trouble far beyond what we've ever experienced Mm -hmm. and that the Holy Spirit was involved in every one of it. At one point it says twice, twice, that Paul tried to go in a direction and the Holy Spirit of God stopped him. Mm -hmm. And we don't realize what we think. We think, oh, well, that was good. You know, he didn't have to go there. No, he was... He was torn up about it. He yeah. didn't know what was going on. He didn't. He thought God had called him, and all of a sudden, he's getting stopped every way. We don't even know how he was stopped. Yeah. And so that's why, I, part, partly, I love that story uh, from David because it doesn't tell us how he strengthened himself. It doesn't say do this, 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 and this. Right. It simply says he strengthened himself in the Lord. What does that mean? That means that he had a vibrant relationship with God, Yeah, a vibrant, re- even before the cross. That's why he said in Psalm 51, please don't take your Holy Spirit yeah. from me. Yeah, you know? He had a vibrant relationship with the Lord and he went to the Lord mm. and he strengthened himself. And then he went and he did the last thing that God told him to do. Do the next thing mm. is an old Scottish proverb. Just do the next thing. Wow. And that's what he did. And that's what we need to do when there's trouble. We yeah. just need to do the next thing. And, yeah. and you know, that was, I can remember those, those, those years that y'all spent struggling to have children yeah. and, and so many others. And yet, now you look back on it, it's hard to remember the emotion of trouble. Right. But it's not hard to remember the circumstances mm-hmm. and yep. how painful they were. Oh, absolutely. And that God comforted you. Yes. You know? Yes. Absolutely. I know we're just about out of time. We need to wrap up. But one thing I wanted to ask you before the service, you and I were talking about this and talking about how, you know, when Joseph was in the dungeon um, and when we're in the dungeon, it can feel like we ought to just give up on our dreams. You know, has God forgotten me? And, And you even shared, you know, Joseph's sentiment, you know, God has caused me to forget. Yeah. And I wonder if you might just offer an encouragement to anyone who might be watching this or listening to this who's feeling in the middle of that of, of a dungeon, yeah. whether it's, God, have you forgotten me? Have you forgotten this dream that you've given to yeah. me? Or I've, I've just forgotten, I've, I've given up on it yeah. because I just, yeah. I just figured it's never going to come. You know, this subject is so big in my life. Yeah. And every time you say something, I think of something else that I've learned. There's this old, old... Um, idea it's it's very biblical but it's called the death of a vision yeah and and jesus said unless a grain of wheat falls in the ground and dies yeah it cannot produce 
And so many times in my own life, I have had a vision, a dream yeah. of what of what God wanted. Mm-hmm. And and all of a sudden, it seems like everything has come against that dream. And, that, and, and literally, I, I have had to realize that the death of a vision is oftentimes what brings new life. Wow. And so it doesn't mean I give up. I, 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 I give up on God. It means that I allow whatever my dream is, I give it to the Lord. Mm-hmm. I accept what is going on as from the Lord. Yeah. Even though my vision seems to be dying, I know because of God's word that he's going to cause new life from it. And so, yeah, I, I, gosh, last week I spoke with people whose marriages were ending. I I spoke to people who had lost uh, children. Mm. I spoke to, uh, to, to uh, other folks who were suffering tremendously just this morning, a dear friend's of ours that we all talked about, yeah. uh, her mother suddenly died. These are these are always death of visions. We don't yeah. plan for this stuff, right? Yeah. And yet, as I give this to the Lord, as I make it my offering, you, you mentioned you mentioned that we're to you know uh, we're to sacrifice our lives. And and again, here's another sermon topic. The problem with we're living sacrifices. Right. The Bible says with the problem with living sacrifices is that they always wiggle off the altar. Yep, come off know? the altar. Yep. You know, and so consequently, we have got to stay in the program. We've got to continue to say, Lord, I don't understand what's going on, but my faith is in you. I'm going to strengthen myself in what I know about God. What do I know about God? He's trustworthy. He's full of loving kindness. Mm-hmm. He's merciful. Yeah. His grace is sufficient for me. Mm. Mm-hmm. That there is not any way that I can ever contain the blessings of God. Why? Exceedingly, abundantly, beyond what I could ever hope or ask. This God can never forget me. Why? Because he has written me on his hand. That's the way I strengthen myself in the Lord. Yeah. When my vision has died. Now, a vision that's died doesn't mean I've given it up on it. It just means that it's dead. Yep. And then I pray and I ask God, and God will bring his fruit mm-hmm. out of that vision. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I answered your question, but... Uh, no, I, th- I think, well, you, you know... You get me started. Absolutely. And, you know. Well, and you talk about, you know, um, strengthening yourself in the Lord, and I think of that that passage in Psalms that says, forget not all of his benefits. Forget not all of his benefits. Yeah. I have been young, and now I am mm-hmm. old, and I've never seen... The people of God, the child of God, forsaken, yeah, or yeah. his children begging bread, mm-hmm. you know. And I think about you know Abraham and Isaac. You know, you talk oh, about the death gosh. of a vision. Yes. I mean that's a that's a whole sermon. Yes. in and of itself, and we yes. won't we don't have time to get into all that. But it's yeah, I there's mean, a movie coming out about it. Is there really? I didn't. Yes, that. yes. It's, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, well, we could go on and on, and there's so much richness and 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 good things that come out of this. Um, but unfortunately, we're out of time. But, well, uh, stay tuned you. for next Sunday. There you go. I'm yeah. gonna, I only got halfway through uh, uh, Joseph's story, uh, and uh, I'm excited yeah. about what's next. 
It's going to be good. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to to talk. And and thank you for joining us for another episode of Monday Moments. We hope that you got something out of this. As always, we love hearing from you. If you got something out of this, please share it with us. Uh, Leave a comment, send us a message or an email, uh, however you want to do that. We are just so glad to bring you uh, this kind of content uh, every single week. And we are just so grateful for all of you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us for another episode of Monday Moments. And we will see you next week.